You're listening to Games from the Cellar, where we play board games and then we talk about them. I'm Steven, your host, and tonight I was joined by John to play a two-player game of Alien Frontiers. Alien Frontiers was designed by Troy Neiman and was published by Clever Mojo Games. It was nominated for many Golden Geek Awards in 2011, including Most Innovative Board Game, Best Thematic Board Game, Best Strategic Board Game, Best Family Game, and Best Artwork Slash Presentation. At the time of this recording, Alien Frontiers has a 7.4 rating with 15,000 ratings on BoardGameGeek and is currently ranked 283. It's a 2-4 player medium weight game that plays in about 90 minutes. Thank you for joining us in the cellar as we go in-depth with Alien Frontiers. By the way, we're talking about Alien Frontiers. As we know, I've uh, had an issue with my my gameplay logging, so I would say I've probably played this about four or five times. Uh, I have one game logged, and I recall... Uh, I actually recall playing this with six people because the expansions say you can do that, and I will say... Do not do that <laughs> ever. I think four players, this game is perfect. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, we're about to play it with two, but uh, we're essentially with two players. We're we're blocking off certain spaces so yeah. that uh, some of the, the board is shut off. So some of those spaces are marked off so that uh, you know the board's a little tighter for two players. Right, because that's an this is a worker placement game, and that's the nature essentially of worker placement. Essentially, is a worker placement. Yep. This is. No, because Kingsburg came before this. I was going to say this is the first Dice's Workers worker placement game, but I think Kingsburg falls into that category, and I know Kingsburg came first. Okay. I'll be curious to see, and, and I'm sure somebody out there is smart enough to know. I believe this was like the first Kickstarter game that people were like, gee, maybe I don't need to contact Days of Wonder or Fantasy Flight mm-hmm. or one of those other game companies. I might just be able to do this on my own. Or it was, uh, hey, I contacted all you guys and you, you said no, shot. so ha, ha, ha. Here we go. Yeah. So we've looked back, and it looks like you've played three or four times. Yep, a long uh, time ago. And I've played three or four times a long time ago as well because I know when we first got it, so like back in 2012 or 2010, whatever it ended up being. Right. I recall playing it a couple of times, like right off the bat, because, you know, back then we didn't have 300 games each. Um, right. And, and, and 300 new games coming out each week Yeah, that you need to try and keep up with. Right. So, you know, we had, we had a smaller collection, so things got mm-hmm. replayed more back in the day. Yep. Um, but I do recall playing this one quite a few times, and I kind of recall the conversation about this versus... Kingsburg and you know honestly like and you know honestly I think there's a place for both of these even though they share the same core mechanic of rolling dice and then, and then placing. placing them on the board to be able to take some kind of an action I, I really feel like once that action is done the games are completely different from each other and yeah, and and there's there's there, I shouldn't say that Kingsburg has what you're you're kind of building up as well, and I'm going to be curious because we've played Kingsburg a fair amount through the years, so that one keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. This one is not, and I'm trying to decide if it's because it just got set in a corner and we forgot about it, or if it just doesn't call out as much as Kingsburg has called out. I will tell so. you exactly why it hasn't come out, and it's because of that game where we tried to play it with six people. Like so it everybody was, got a bad taste in their it mouth. It was a full-on terrible experience now granted part of that was 
some of the people we were playing with are not people that I typically enjoy playing games with, but were around at the time. But then on top of that, there's just so much that you have to do in a six player game with the expansions. And once, once the play goes around five people and it comes back to you, the board state has changed in such a way that it really kind of, so you lose control. You, yeah. You, you, lose you really the... are only paying attention when it's your turn. You can't really plan. There's no long-term strategy that happens where in a four player game, there's still enough on the board that you can still kind of, all right, I can't do the first thing that I wanted to do, but I can do the second thing that I want to do. So there are, you know, in the four-player game, there's still enough room on the board to kind of get what you want done, done. Um, But in that six-player, like, you got the moon that you got to keep track of and roll another set of dice, and then each player's got their own powers that you got to keep up with, and uh, they have a station that you can put your dice on because you've got more people, so you need more places to put dice. So you got to keep up with who's got what and where you can go. It just outgrows its its value. It, it similar similar to terraforming Mars, yeah. which now is a monstrosity as well. And this yeah. is obviously a game on a much smaller scale, but that same concept of if you if you stretch it too much, it's going to tear. Mm-hmm. You're better off keeping it to the right size so that you've got a nice controllable game that can that can tailor its experience for you. Yeah. So, And in all honesty, I think this game could sing with four players and all the expansions, especially after you've played it, you know, five or six times with just the base and then start adding them one-on-one, right. one-by-one-by-one. So you've got the footing. But, you understand how to play. But I really think the problem was adding those two extra players. I think that was the only problem. If the box said, hey, these are expansions – you can still only play with four people. I think it would have been it would have been fine. Okay, but yeah, it was that one experience. I I I don't remember a lot of things, but I do remember hating myself for suggesting uh, Alien Frontiers was six with the expansions. All right, well let's 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 see if we can shake off that that bad feel. Yeah, by so playing it now, we're gonna go ahead and give this a play, and we will report back uh, when we are done. Alien Frontiers, do you have what it takes to colonize a new world? So we were terraforming Mars is what you're saying? Like colonizing frontiers. A new world. I mean, it is, it is Mars. It certainly looks like Mars, and, and one of these spaces is actually called terraforming. So I think, uh, I think maybe a stronghold owes these people a couple of dollars for the theme idea. I mean, is this are, are these not... Asimov Crater, is that not a place on Mars? That I don't know. The Hubert Val- Herbert Valley? No. He just, yeah, he just named it after all the famous science fiction authors of the 50s. Yes, so it's exactly the, golden, the, go- the Golden Age art matches the Golden Age authors. All of the authors are from that Golden Age of science fiction, Astounding Magazine, that whole crowd. So uh, we have completed our game of Alien Frontiers, John 1, 13 to 11. Believe it or not. Um, you know, it's two. We played two players. I think it played pretty well, two players. But I definitely want to play this again at four. It's gonna be a lot tighter at four. It'll be a lot tighter. Well, I mean, we did have a lot of the spaces kind of taken up by dummy dice. Yep. Um, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it opens up that much more. But uh, it definitely. Yeah, it's it's a knife fight in a closet, as you like to say sometimes, <laughs> uh, when it comes to worker placements. 
Yeah, and and this one. So I'm. I, I'll just disclaimer. I'm not the biggest fan of worker placement. In fact, typically I kind of grit my teeth about it. But Kingsburg and this both have that dice rolling mechanic where somebody needs to get at least a little bit lucky in order to claim the spot that you want. So there's there's you don't have that sort of hate placement that's just. I mean, permanently it's, there. It's there, but it's also it's mitigated because again, you're you're really limited to to the spaces that you roll for. Right. Right. And I had cards and you you had a, you had one card I think, but I had cards that allowed me to to reduce a die, to flip a die, uh to reroll my entire set. So in theory I had a, ch- a shot and I think I rerolled a couple of times mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, see if I could find a place to get to the I forget the marauders or whatever it is that allows you to steal stuff from other people, mm-hmm. but but um so that, that that allows you to get into places that maybe you wouldn't be able to get into otherwise. And you you had the 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 cannon one that allows you to essentially push my dice out of the way. Yeah. So it's costing you resources, but you have ways to mitigate the way worker placement sometimes can just infuriate me. Mm-hmm. And so from that perspective, it this is a much better game for that kind of thing. And and I'll be honest with you, I I like games that have a little bit more lucky to them. It's compared to Kingsburg. Obviously, it's very Kingsburg-like in that it's a dice-rolling worker placement. And as you said, like it just—it's not just uh, take whatever's. It's you know what it is. So most worker placements, mm-hmm. based on your board state, mm-hmm. there's always an optimal move. Yes, exactly. Gakmits. I absolutely have to do this. This is it's, this is what I got to do right now. And then somebody takes it, and you're and you're and you're screwed. And especially after if you've played a while, the other person can look over at your board and say, "Oh man, he needs another piece." So I absolutely guarantee I'm going to take it, even though I don't need another piece. I'm going to take this just to just to block him. Yeah. So I said Gakmits. You want to tell people what Gakmits is? Yeah. It's 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 my horrible acronym for generally accepted correct move in this situation. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you can actually like get up from the table, go order a pizza and the rest of the rest of the guys at the table can look and say, well, if John was here, this is the move that would make the most perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And and in some games, you can actually come to consensus with all five people sitting at the table and they can take your turn for you. And at that point, at times, I will let my brain wander, especially if I've had a hard day at work, and allow everybody to come to that consensus for me so that I don't <laughs> have to work so hard in order to get it. And yeah. that's just – that's not my kind of gaming. I like a game where, you know, you're saying don't tell me the odds and you take a shot at something and yeah. you see what you can make work. And, and this game has a bit of that. And see, that's – to me, that is the purest encapsulation of worker placement games is there's always going to be a generally accepted – Correct move, move in, in this, this situation. situation. Yeah. It's always, there's always going to be some, you're not going to look at Agricola and be like, you know, it's really a die. It's really a die roll. Like, not really a die roll, but, you know, it's 50 50 if I take wood or if I take stone. Like, it could go either way. No, one of those is yeah. always going to be better. Just, yeah. Oh, um, there might be a very fringe situation where you need both of them, so it doesn't matter which order you take them. Mm-hmm. But, Somebody can, you know, mess that up and take it on your next. So it could be blocked, but there's always going to be a hierarchy of everything that needs to happen. Right. With this, there's so many options available and you're going to roll the dice every time. So it's going to limit what you can do. Right. Yeah, you can still gack it to a degree, but 
it really kind of like loosens it up and shakes it up and like really kind of makes you think on your feet every time. Yeah, ju- just enough around. in this particular case, just enough as as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like a little bit of rattle in in the in the gameplay. I, I like it where you make a decision and then you roll a die or you turn over a card and you see how it goes, so that it, it lets you put your own personality into the play. You, either you can take a big risk because you're behind and you and you and you're looking to swing for the fences. Or you can play safe because you're ahead, and mm-hmm. or, or or you need to you need to build your machine, and um, to some extent, Alien Frontiers doesn't allow that because you roll your dice first. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, your decisions are somewhat made. But with the cards that you pick up from the from the one section of the board that allow you to flip a die or add a number to it or subtract a number to it or even re-roll your whole set, um, those all cost you. So you have to decide if you want to pay the resources for that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, that allows things to get a little bit more wild and zany. Suddenly you've got three or four places that maybe have a good good result for you, and there, there's where you get to decide which direction you want to go, and mm-hmm. you get to play your game instead of the game playing you. Yeah. So I, I think it's really cool how each – section it's not just so in kingsburg it's you're matching numbers so you really want to get the the 17 to get the queen Mm -hmm. like that's the number you ultimately want to roll because it gives you the most resources and it's all about combining your dice to make numbers to to get resources Mm -hmm. there are a couple of actions but i mean it's essentially just resource gathering to to then spend later in the route with this, you're looking for pairs, you're looking for triplets, you're looking for small straights. Small numbers. Yeah, small, big numbers. Small numbers. Big Like every combination of die has a place that it's going to shine, essentially. Yeah. You're not really, I mean, yeah, rolling a bucket of sixes is going to be great for you, but at the same time, having a good spread of numbers is also great for yep. you. I mean, you could take, you could take a, a roll of like five ones and make it work. Right. Yeah. And in fact, if you've got like a pile of resources already, you can really make that work for yeah. you because there's the one spot that really wants you to roll low. Yep. Yeah. The uh, the trading post. Other other spots where as long as you've got matches, it really doesn't matter whether they're high or low or not. And you know, so. I always, I always uh, in my mind, every time I play Kingsburg, I always want to like log. Like what the total number somebody <laughs> rolled was to see right. if that is an indicator of like who wins because, yeah. like with Kingsburg, it's like I said, you want to roll that high seventeen. Is yep, high is good because you want to get all those resources. Yep. And high is good. High is going to get you more resources or the better resources. And Alien Frontiers, with the way everything is kind of like how everything is good, ones are good, pairs of ones are good, tri- triplets of ones are even good. I don't. Th- I don't ever think that that would be a consideration. I don't think like the highest, the person who rolled the highest throughout the game is going to win. Like in Kingsburg, I think probably could be the case. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So, so, and, 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 you know, I'm going to go in a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. And again, with the comparison to Kingsburg, the art in Kingsburg is kind of cartoony and completely doesn't have a flavor all its own. Mm Mm-hmm. You look at the cover of Alien Frontiers here, and and frankly, the pieces inside the board, it 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 has a it has a flavor to it, one that you can really pick out. It 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 uses this 1950s sort of artwork, mm-hmm. like um, serial sci-fi artwork. Yes, exactly. And the and the gameplay and the artwork and the the entire package is unified in how it's delivered. And when you consider that this was not uh, this was not a pad, do you know? No, it. I stopped us right. Okay, at, so we got everything. Yeah, okay, good. We got everything until I said stop. 
All right, technical difficulties uh, aside, I think you were talking about just how flavor. pretty, how doggone pretty the game is. Yeah, and so and and I, you know I'm a big fan of everything's got to match, and sometimes you don't, you can't tell if something matches or not, and if you can't tell. That means it doesn't match, and, and it could, because when it does match, you can really pick it out. And this is a game, regardless of what you think about the particular play mechanics, the, the package makes sense. It's comfortable in its own skin. I mean, it brings something to the table. Um, the pieces are simple. It's basic dice. They've got nice colors, and that's fine. Um, little round dots for the, the, the like domed cities that you're putting down on the planet. It looks like what it's trying to be. So, yeah, they, so, they look like little... You know, domed colonies that you would put on the. Well, I mean, not that we would in modern time, but you know, back in the serialized sci-fi days. Right. That's and, what you. That's what it invokes. Is and, those. Domed. And that's that's what it shows on the cover of the box. So from that perspective, I think, um, and this is this is clever Mojo Games. And like I said, I think I think this was kind of a guy, um, doing his own thing. And art by Mark Maxwell is what's written on the box. And and Mark certainly did a great job with the art, as far as I'm concerned. It it looks the part. So, so this this was fun to get back to. Yeah, you know, Kickstarter's got a bad name now, and I say it does. I mean, people love Kickstarter. Kickstarter's great; it allows big companies to do grand things. Hmm. But I, I, you know, I remember it was the Wild West back in 2010 when mm-hmm. Kickstarter really started becoming a thing for board games, and you know, back then, like. It wasn't a pre-order system. It was, hey, give me some money, and I might be able to put something out. <laughs> right. So, and, and, and I think early on, there were 20 or 30 people that had been working on games for five or eight years and just could never figure out how they were going to make this work. And so, suddenly, it fell in their lap. And, and so you had this backlog of great ideas and that people had spent years working on that suddenly had an opportunity to go after this. So I, I think those first couple of years, it was a much more interesting concept than it is now. Now it's just sort of a pre-order system where they charge you two years in advance. So I'll, I'll be honest with you, I buy most of my games used these days, um, not only because they're cheaper, but quite frankly because uh, I like to sniff around a little bit before I, I go after something. And the only way to do that is to wait. And oftentimes, especially with a game coming out of Kickstarter, the only way to get it after the fact is to get it in the aftermarket because it's 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 either a dog game and there's a million of them and you don't want them, or it's a good game and it's sold out and there's nobody has it in stock. And mm-hmm. then at that point, you're looking to trade or, or to purchase used. And as often as not, even these Kickstarter games that are, quote, in demand, um, as often as not, I'm getting them for half price or I'm trading games that I'm done with for that, that are the equivalent of half price. And it ends up saving a lot of money as well. And you get the things bagged and you get little Plano boxes inside and all <laughs> sorts of fancy things. I've gotten sleeved cards. I've gotten Plano boxes. I've gotten, um, I mean, I, I, I've even gotten like, a, you know, little little matchbox cars and things like that. So sometimes getting a used game is, is kind of a, an extra little, extra yeah, little I, bonus. I remember being very jealous of your copy of Merchants of Venus 2nd Edition because I have all of my chips in Crown Royal bags, as one should, <laughs> but yours came in, Yeah, everything was organized in Plano containers, and for, for when you're setting yours up, it's like, pull it out, set it next yep. to the board, pull it out, set it next to the yep. board, where I'm like, dump it out, sort it out, yep. then, yeah, so. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. So, so the other game I'll mention that this reminds me of is Mission Red Planet, mm-hmm. which also has its own 
art, which is not at all like this art. It's still obviously it's still a spaceship, but it's it's a far more uh, uh, kind of you know Russian communism sort of everything is big and bulky sort of feel. But this has the same kind of thing where you're trying to do area of control on the planet's surface, which is broken into pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is that instead of doing it with worker placement where everything is kind of out in the open and you can see what's going on, is it's all done with role selection. Mm-hmm. And and anybody who maybe thinks Alien Frontiers came close but was a miss, Mission Red Planet could be something you could be looking at as well. So, right. I mean, this this, it's, it, this game's keeping some good company. Kingsburg, in spite of my complaining about its art, is a game I always enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mission Red Planet we don't get out as often. I have the original box where it takes about 20 minutes to get the lid off, so you got to <laughs> actually be pretty excited about playing or it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but this is one I think we should get out a little more often, too. And, yeah. and with any luck, we've kind of gotten the bad taste out of your mouth from when you played it with six. Yeah, so I mean, I said as soon as we turned the mics off uh, to play, I I looked at John. I said point blank, I love this game. It makes me so sad that I haven't wanted to play this again since the last time. And you know, I'm glad that I'm glad that we were able to play it two player. I mean, yeah, it's I don't think it's as good two player, but it is definitely it is definitely a whole lot better than it was with six. So if if you take anything away from any of our conversation about Alien Frontiers, let it be never play it with more than four, no matter how many expansions you add to it. So that's that's the that's the tagline for this game. Never run out of money in a choir. Yes. Never play with six never play in with Alien six. Frontiers. Never play with five or six. Yep. Yeah. Um I, I'm actually looking through my Kickstarter history here and yeah, as I mentioned, Eminent Domain was the first thing that I kickstarted. Um, I guess I did not kickstart Alien Frontiers. I must have... Picked it up afterwards. I picked it up afterwards somewhere. I don't know if it was retail or online or through trade, but you know what? I'm glad I did. Um, this was at a point where I was the primary buyer for the game group, I think. Um, you know, I had the most disposable income, and I was I was the one bringing new games every week, and... Some of them were pretty bad. There were a few. But then every now and then... You hit on a winner. I hit yeah. on a winner. And, you know, I look back at my collection, and on my shelf, I have quite a few games from... I mean, I have quite a few games that are a lot older than, than I would say, like, most of the comment on my collection uh, threads that you see on Reddit. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got a good mix. Um I got a I got a copy of Acquire there from 1964. Um, go back and listen to our Acquire episode; is actually really good. Yeah, Primordial Soup is there. Uh, Primordial Soup Seven. Yeah, uh, okay. and you know that was one of the first games I bought back in you know two, mm-hmm. the the late 2000s um, yep. when I first got into the hobby. So, I mean, Sellers Catan obviously is uh, kind of a staple for gaming. Although we never play it, I don't know if we ever will, but it's there. Just you got to have it. You have yeah. to. It's the same with Ticket to Ride. Yep. It's um, like your totem. It's the game you have yeah. because... But, I, you know, I like Ticket to Ride. I know people have problems with it. And um, I like Catan, so... Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I got I got new things, like uh, Azul um, is a newer title, and I think the most recent thing that I purchased was... Well, it was Ark Nova, but then we got rid of it. Um, hmm. But, yeah. So, I mean, this isn't a this isn't a an episode about my collection, but... All that to say, there are really good games out there that are older 
and people really need to check them out. Yeah. Like Cult of the New is, I mean, if that's who you are, great, but make time for the older games. Yeah. And don't play B minus games. Don't, don't, if, if, if a game is not, if you, if you don't want to play a game, write again after you're done playing it. It probably means you shouldn't be playing it three weeks from now either. Yeah. I mean, if, if a game isn't working, go out and get the games that do. Everybody's got a different taste, but there's plenty of stuff that, out there that's just great. And some of it may be 20 years old. Don't let that scare you off. Mm-hmm. Some of it may be brand new. And for old people like me, I need to make sure that doesn't scare me off too. Yeah. I mean, you've got to try new things. And I mean, you got to find the ones that work. So if you were to compare my collection with John's collection, you'll see vastly different um it, it, they're vastly different in yeah. what what I have versus what you have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have a good mix of thematic. I have a good mix of uh, less Euro than I used to have. But John's more into confrontation. So a lot of, yeah. a lot of his games are going to be <laughs> like in-your-face, confrontational, either pulling chits from a cup or throwing dice yeah. at each other. It yeah. just I, I, I joke that I like worker placement games, games where I place my worker on top of your worker and, yeah. and kick him off of the hex. Yeah. So yeah. It's 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 we definitely have different flavors, but at the same time we find an awful lot of common ground mm-hmm. because if you find a good game, it's a good game regardless of what kind of games you you, yeah. you particularly care for. I mean just this is a perfect example of that because mm-hmm. I mean the theming's great. It speaks to both of us. Um I know you're like really into space uh you love space games that's like another theme that you'll see in john's Mm -hmm. collection is there's a lot of space type games Mm -hmm. um there is some euro feel in the kind of worker worker placement here but at the same time you're rolling dice so there's a lot of there's a lot of randomness that's that's just kind of built into the game so i think alien frontiers is a good mix between the two and it was doing the hybrid game model before yeah that's a good point the hybrid that's game model point. became yep. like a big thing yep so I, I i was just gonna say it's it, you you had this kind of transition from trying to break everything into euro and ameritrash and then around 2010 2012 the two kind of started to blend together mm-hmm. they started to make titles that did both at the same time and i think alien frontiers is one of the first ones that said hey you know what the dice rolling is okay after all is mm-hmm. we can still do worker placement we can still do things like area control but there's nothing wrong with you just getting a bad roll and you got to make it work this turn mm-hmm. and, and other turns when you get blessed. Yeah, so. and it's great because, you know, like I said, like this one, every die has a place. Yep. And it's not uh, trying to roll high. It's, it's you know, it's kind of like Yahtzee. Like at some point you're going to need a bunch of ones. Yep, that's exactly right. And so it, uh, I mean, obviously Yahtzee, you still want to roll high because of the straights and the runs and whatever. But the point the point is, it's a great game. Like the luck is mitigated by the design and I, I wouldn't call it a lucky game. It's, it's really strategic and, tr- and, and, um, and tactical on how you, you use the dice. So it's not like a, it's not like just a dice rolling luck fest. It's actual decisions, actual good decision. There's a really good decision space in mm-hmm. this game. Mm-hmm. All right. So having said all of that, taking into account the art, uh, taking into account the the way the me- the mechanisms all blend together, mm-hmm. um, thinking back on the times that we've played it, uh, even discounting that six player game with all the expansions, if we were to sit down and talk about how we would rate this on our board game geek um, 
rating list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's one to ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, one being absolute garbage that's unplayable, and ten being the greatest game that has ever been graced, uh, graced the human race. Um, how, where do you feel that Alien Frontiers falls in that one to ten range? Um, you know, in spite of the fact that it's worker placement and that's not a particular favorite of mine, this is this is a this is a very good seven. Okay, great. I think so. Yeah, I think I'm in line with you there. It's, I mean, the the blending of the mechanisms, as I said, is is about as perfect a blend as you can find in a game, um, in general. Uh, the playtime is, I mean, we probably got this done in like, like an hour, a little over an hour. Yeah. I mean, two players, it's going to be shorter, like four players expect to play for about an hour and a half, I guess. Yeah, probably. Uh, so the playtime, the, the mix of mechanisms, like I can't think of a better seven um than alien frontiers mm. i i can't so we agree on this one. yeah i can't say enough how how great i think this game is and how if it's in somebody who knows collection they need to bring it out you need yeah. to play it pull it out and give this one a shot yeah i think you'll be pleased all right so uh that's alien frontiers uh thank you very much for joining us uh thanks for uh joining us in conversation we look forward to hearing from you uh very soon John and I thank you for joining us in conversation about Alien Frontiers. You can join us in conversation by visiting our website, sellergames.com, where you can find links to our social media and Discord server. We also have a blog and a guild on BoardGameGeek. We look forward to hearing from you.